Hey everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you guys for tuning in, downloading, streaming. However you're taking my podcast, I appreciate it, and um, welcome back to yet another episode. Um, you know what? I'm just going to jump right in. If you're new, welcome. This is uh, this is it. This is my podcast. It's about 20 or 30 minutes. I like to talk about the different things that are going on in my life, my family, my son, just just whatever I got going on. I like to talk about. Uh, yeah. Talk about it. Sometimes it's funny. It could be sad. It could be political, uh, social. It just depends on how I'm feeling. I just I like to talk about this kind of stuff. And and this is my outlet for that. So if you enjoy it, share it. If you don't, if you don't enjoy it, uh, share it and don't watch it, uh, you know, or listen to it. But I appreciate you checking it out. And I'm just going to jump in. Uh, for those who don't know, we have a nine year old son. His name is Miles. And I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's nothing. Uh, this week, nothing big. He, uh, we woke up uh, Monday to no internet, and uh, so it, it sucked. And we went most of the day without internet. And uh, he's a big, big Minecraft fan, and he couldn't play it because a lot of stuff now you got to play it online. So he couldn't play it. But he happened to have one of his old internet tabs open, and it had Scratch still open. If you don't know, Scratch is like a, a coding program that teaches kids how to code, and it was made by some people at MIT. And he was like, you know what? Since I can't have Minecraft, Minecraft I'm just going to build my own. So that's basically what he did that day. He just spent his time uh, building his own Minecraft game in this game, Scratch. And I have to say, thoroughly impressed. I mean, it, it it looked really good. He um he uh he had a he was working on a bunch of little details like you could break bricks, you could um you could add things to your inventory. He created the little um crafting table. Uh, he made weapons, the armor. He did all that. So uh, it was just cool to see, you know, that uh, he's he's being super creative. He couldn't play the game that he wanted to play, and he just said, you know what, I'll create my own. So um. Uh, I've mentioned before, he's really into like the programming, the coding, the computer stuff. And we just really try to nurture it and foster it and water it. And just whatever he needs when it comes to that, we just we try to get it for him. If it's something we can afford or something we can um, um, access, we, we try to get him there or get him access to that, whatever it is that he needs or wants. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's the milestone. Nothing big. It's just. I just love watching him be creative. Uh, I, I love watching him get excited about building things. It's just, it's a lot of fun to watch him because uh, he can, he can be so uh, timid about things and, and afraid and scared and, and apprehensive to see him really open up and, and, and feel um, uh, uh, like he's accomplished something, like he's actually good at something just to watch that confidence build, to see that look in his eye, uh, to see the smile on his face, uh, you, you know, just really uh, it, it makes me feel good. And it, it lets me know, like, I'm doing the right thing uh, when it when it when it comes to trying to foster that that growth and um, and stimulate his um, his um, desire to want to be a, a coder and a computer guy. So shout out to my little Yosh Bosch, man. He's a. Uh, I guess he had a fun summer for what he likes to do. This is his last week. Matter of fact, today, yeah, he'll be going back to school a week from today. So uh, he's excited, a little scared. He's he's in fifth grade. 
And uh, I, I can't, I don't, I can't say it's come full circle, but uh, it is um, amazing how uh, quickly time goes by. I remember taking him to school for the very first day and, you know, him being in kindergarten and, and being one of the smallest kids. And as a parent, you see these, uh, these fifth graders and you go, man, they look so big. And, it, you know, how long will it take for him to get that, to look like one of these kids? He seems so small and, it's just um, they grow so much in elementary school. I mean, they, they go in, what was it, in kindergarten, five or six years old, and they leave 10, 11 years old. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it, it went by so quickly. And, uh, man, we're going to have a middle schooler here so soon, and it, it's, it's pretty wild. And before you know it, that will be behind us. It will be off to, to high school, and before you know it, he will be um, in college, you know, or – Wild, 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 wild. But uh, anyway, so that's the milestone. My man likes to build. So I, I had a um, a pretty busy uh, week. Pretty busy week. Um, I had shows uh, Thursday in Fayetteville. Saturday in Leesburg, Virginia, which is about uh, half an hour, 45 minutes outside of D.C., and then I had another show on Sunday in Frederick, Maryland, which, again, is uh, probably about 30, 45 minutes outside of D.C. So, Thursday, <clears throat> hop in the car, drive down to uh, Fayetteville. And um, I had heard a lot about this town. You know, being in the military, the, uh, Fort Bragg is there, Pope Air Force Base is in the area. A lot of people shit on it. It's called, they call it Vietnam. Uh, they say it's just we got some really really rough areas. This could be pretty bad, and uh, they weren't lying. This is shit town. It is. It's trapped in the seventies and eighties. I mean, that's really the only thing they got going for it. It's a military town. Uh, honestly, other than that, no fucking personality. <laughs> that that's that's what it is. It's a military town. Um, just and I will say this: I like North Carolina. I think it's a very pretty state. I I, I love it down there. I, I, I just I love the aesthetic of it. Um, but I get to this gig, it's at this place called Patty's Irish Pub, and I had a couple friends tell me like, hey, I didn't have a great time down there, but I'm like, hey, I gotta go in with open mind, it'll be fine, and uh, it was one, probably one of the worst sets I've had in a very, very long time, off the heels of a lot of fun shows, theaters with Norman, Neil Brennan, uh, just on a, on a good run, things did well for me on social media lately. Just, you know, a lot of stuff is going well from the aspect when it comes to comedy in my career. And uh, the comedy guys decided to put an end to that shit. <laughs> and uh, I will say, I can't say that I bombed, but I, I treaded water for, for 30 minutes. And, I mean, just keeping your head above water for 30 minutes, is it, can, it is not fun. All right? Um, it was just one of those shows where, you could I could get no momentum. If there are any comics that listen to this, and if you have any any experience with longer sets, you know what that's like. Where you you're surviving joke to joke, where like they might laugh at one thing, but the laugh you you can't really carry the laugh on to the next thing. It's just like okay, that was funny, move on. Or it was just like that wasn't funny, move on. Or like man, it was just very very tough. Um. You know what? Planning back in my head, I, I, like as all comics do, we can come up with all these excuses as to like, 
Well, they sat the crowd weird. They had people spread out. The MC wasn't a real comic. I had to do this. I had to do that. I've done all that. And uh, it it really makes me mad. I, I could not get this crowd. I, I couldn't get them. You know, I came up with some crowd work. The, the MC was some white dude. He had this big-ass fucking suit on. And I was like, hey, give it up for white Steve Harvey. It got a little bit of a laugh. I was expecting something a little bit more than that. And I'm like, okay, maybe I don't fucking know who Steve Harvey is. It's fine. Uh, like I said, military town. I, I try to go into my military stuff. Nothing. They do not give a fuck. And that's when I'm like, okay, this is probably going to be tough. And I tried being nice. I tried being uh, dark. I tried uh, being mean. I tried crowd work. I tried dad stuff and it was just like up and down up and down nothing nothing little laugh bigger laugh little laugh no laugh it was just i mean just surviving joke to joke it's almost like if you're in a war and you're just running from cover to cover and you just like thank god i didn't get my head blown off from running from that tree to that tree that's basically what it was um and the thing is it's such a nice room it's just i i just couldn't get them um and I, I will say this, what made me feel even worse about it after the fact is I don't like doing extra shit. For years, people were like, hey, you got to record, you got to do this. And I, I don't like bringing, I don't like having a lot of stuff. I don't like having to bring an extra camera bag, batteries, um, all just making sure you got all the cables, the connectors, all the stuff is is everything charged? Uh, like I don't, I don't want to worry about that. It's just like I want to worry about doing stand-up comedy. I'm not a fucking tech guy. I don't want to be a sound guy, a video guy. I don't want to have to worry about all this shit. Because I've done that in the past, and it's just like you get the camera, you get a, you get the uh, tripod, and then it's just like, oh, you know, you need a shotgun mic, and then you got to buy an adapter because this don't. Next thing you know, you got all this extra stuff. You got to buy, like I said, batteries. And then what makes me mad is like you get all this stuff set up and then you forget to turn the switch on and now you got no sound. The video's messed up. Uh, it only recorded half your set. And now it's just like you're more worried about the recording, the audio, the sound, the, the quality of that than you are of your actual set. And that's why I don't like bringing all this shit because to me, the comedy becomes second. But I told myself, you got to do this stuff if you want to be successful, if you want to Put your stuff out there. You got to do this stuff. So I get out of my way. I got the camera. I got the uh, the, the the lapel mic. Uh, I got everything set up. It's all ready to go. And um, also, there's no green room at this show. And I'll say I'm a weird person when it comes to prepping for a show. I listen to music. I dance. I dribble. I you know air dribble. I shoot fake jump shots. I I like to just. Uh, play air drums and air guitar. I just do. I, I have my process, and it can be very uh, weird looking to people. I walk around. I, I pace a lot. I, I shadow box. I do a lot of shit. So I'm doing this in the back of the showroom. People are looking at me, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just. I'm trying to just be positive. Uh, I want this to go well, and I, I I set all this stuff up. I'm doing my pre pre show shit. People see my process and I get up there and I don't do well. It was just, it just embarrassed me. 
I can't lie. It was embarrassing that people saw my process. They, I had all this fucking equipment, a, a lapel mic, and just to not even do very well. I, I and I, I can't have people, especially in a in a in a town like that at a show like that, having people think that I'm not good at this, and I know I am. The having people there that at a show that's not that good think that I suck at this. And it's just like, man, this motherfucker drove four hours for this, this dude. That bothers me. But I, I will say it was a graceful bum. I, I did while I was on stage, I was like, I am not taking this personally. I am not. I was like, I know I'm better than this. I know I'm better than this room. I, I know I can kill. I've killed several several times all over the place. This is not a reflection of me and my comedy. This is one bad show. Just push through it. That's what I had to tell myself. This is not me. This is not me. This is on them. And I know a lot of people are like, nope, you, the comic, you got to own it. I'm not, I'm not going to take that. It just wasn't my night. <laughs> it was not my night. But I'm not going to blame myself. But we need we need those those type of nights, man. And I couldn't even sleep after that. Could not sleep at all. I almost drove home after that set. I was like, I'm, I'm coming home. I almost drove four hours. I know I'm better than that, and it just it just fucking ate me up. But then I talked to my buddy Winston, and he goes, Oh man, I done that room. Same thing happened to me. I talked to another friend, Spencer, and he goes, Dude, same shit happened to me in that room. Another friend, Sandy, she done that room. Same thing. So three different comics, all at different levels of experience in comedy. I respect all three. They said they didn't have a great time in that room. And that that honestly, it made me feel better because I go, okay, it was not me. Because I will beat myself up beat myself up and go, did I do or say something? Did I really did I fuck this up? Did I piss people off? It was not me. I can honestly say it was not me. And uh it 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 was one of those bombs, man. It it, it shook you. It shook you. And after like really looking back at it, like I did not bomb. It could have been way worse, but I'm just not used to struggling for that long on stage. And it didn't feel good, but I 100% needed that shit. I 100% needed it. It put a lot of things in, into perspective for me. And uh, yeah, that was that was probably one of the roughest shows I've had in a, in a long time. And again, it wasn't even a bomb. It was just like, it was just treading. Treading water is the hardest thing to do. Anybody can drown. We can all drown. But can you tread water? <laughs> can you tread water? That's that's the marathon of comedy is when you're going joke for joke, surviving joke to joke, bit to bit, and you got to do a half an hour or more time. And just trying not to get upset or get down on yourself and let people see that you're frustrated, that you're mad, that you you, you just don't understand what's going on. It's, uh, it can be tough to do, but we all need it. We all need the shit. And, uh, yeah, it's just I'm thankful to go through that, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I get up the next day, drive home, just uh just really down on myself about it and then uh uh spend the day with the family. I, I I'm I'm fucked up. So Friday night, me and my wife uh we just hang out and we spend some time together. We watched our old one of our old favorite shows, Friday Night Lights. We didn't even talk much. I was just so in my head over this shit. I mean to the point where like you're second guessing like why did I pick this job? I shouldn't be doing this. I fucked up. I mean, that's how 
much I beat myself up about it. My mom was like, you got to relax, man. It's, it's just one show, just one set. But uh, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, uh, I, I hold myself to a very, very high standard, and uh, I, I was not happy about it. But uh, spending the evening with my wife, uh, not really talking, just being in a comfortable, familiar, safe space with her, uh, having her there, uh, it really made me put it in pers- into perspective and go, hey, man, leave that shit alone. I know it's really easy to to tell people to leave it alone, other people to, to leave it alone when they don't when they don't like what they've done on stage. But when it's when it's you, it's tough to let the shit go. But we have a nice evening, relaxed, we chill. Uh Saturday, I get up, I drive to Leesburg for the Tally Ho show. And these are shows with the DC improv and uh it's a fun lineup. It's me. Jenny Questel, uh, Eddie Morrison, Sean Miller, and Mike Washington. Uh, Sean and Mike are two uh, Black Comics OGs. They've opened for um, Ch- actually they've known Chappelle since he was a kid. The DC guys they know Ch- Chappelle since they were a kid. They work with all the, the urban legends of comedy. I mean the Steve Harveys, Bill Bellamy, uh, Cedric the Entertainer, Bernie Mac, like from that whole crew. And what's funny is like they're around the same age as my original mentor, Vince Morris. And this is really funny to see the similarities of the uh, the how they carry themselves, how they speak, how they are uh, on stage, how they use their hands, uh, how they even hold the microphone. Just it's just really cool to see like that uh, era of comedy, uh, how like um, it molded those dudes. And they all have like this this certain aesthetic on stage. Uh, how they, they, like I said, how they talk, the, the hand movements, the gestures. It was just really, really cool to see, man. I, I really like that stuff um, in comedy, man. It's those really small little details. If you're like really into comedy, you go, man, you can tell these dudes are from the same era. And it's not a, it's not a bad thing at all. I just, I miss Vince, man. I really haven't uh, worked with him in a long time. Uh, a lot of things have changed between us, man, but I, I really miss uh, working with him. And, and, and he's such a great comic, man. One of the best out there. Vince Morris, if you get a chance, check him out. Vince Morris, uh, he was on Def Jam and all type of shit, man. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant comedian. But two great shows at Tally Ho. Uh, I got to be honest, I, I come, I'm come, i coming off this uh, rough set, I, 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 and I'm questioning myself. And I see that these two OGs are on the show, and I go, I hope I do not have to follow these dudes because I know these OGs can be killers and uh, my confidence was already sh- shaken because of what had happened in, in North Carolina, so I was nervous. I meet every, I meet uh, Mike and, and Sean, two of the nicest dudes uh, you could ever meet. I didn't, I wasn't expecting them to be any other way, but uh, man, super, super cool, um, very, very funny. And turns out I'm closing this show out, so I'm really nervous because these dudes are killers. Um, I go up, I have a great set. I felt so much relief. I feel so much distress uh, leave my body. I, I come off stage and I'm literally, I'm soaking wet. Uh, I'm tired. I'm panting. I'm out of breath because it was just the mental toll that it took on me because I was like, I'm going out here and I'm laying it all out. And I'm running back and forth on stage. I'm yelling. I'm just trying to be a great performer. Man. I'm trying to put on a show. Uh, but also be my, I'm not trying to be outside of myself. I'm just trying to give more of me. And I did that and it went very well. Uh, both shows went very well. Um, 
it was just fun. I felt like I was back. I was back in the saddle. I was like, all right, I'm, I feel a lot better now. I got two shows under my belt that went well. Um, Tally Hall was always fun. The people of Leesburg is, is they're always a, a fun group. Uh, it's usually a typically a, a little bit older crowd. Um, some military folks, more of a conservative crowd, but I will say this, they do come to laugh at themselves. They come to laugh. They have, they come to have a good time. You know, you can make the Trump jokes. You can do the, you can make fun of liberals. So the, it's like, they don't take themselves too seriously at all out there. And that's when it's really fun is when you can make fun of everybody. Everybody knows you're kidding and no one gets upset. That's what, what comedy is. I felt like that's what it always should, should be. It's a space where we say inappropriate shit because this is the time and the place to say it. And people can, uh, people understand that and they don't take the shit so seriously. So that's why I love doing the Tally Ho shows, man, because people there like to have a good time. Uh, you can really let your hair down, say some wild shit, and people just really enjoy it. They really enjoy it. Um, man, uh, the, I'll, let me back up. The first show... I felt bad for Jenny. She's a very funny comic, but the venue, you have to have someone announce a show. Like the two sold out shows. It's a lot of people there. It's like a little music. It's like a music concert venue. So it's, it's, it's a decent sized venue. And so she goes up, they don't announce her that the show is going on. Music is still playing. She starts to talk and the microphone isn't working and people are kind of going like, oh, is, what's, what's going on? Has the show started? What's, what's, what's this? And so she goes into her jokes and like people are still trying to figure out what's going on. People are getting drinks still. They're kind of talking. And uh, it, she did about 10 minutes, but it took her about seven minutes just to get people to realize what was going on. So I felt bad for her because she's a good comic. She's very funny, but she just didn't get the response she should have because no one really knew that the show started and the microphone wasn't working. So the second show, Eddie and I talked to these people at the sound booth to make sure, hey, we have a God mic for Jenny. Let people know, hey, everybody, the show is getting ready to start here. The MC is going to be coming on five more minutes, whatever. And we do that. He announces Jenny. The show starts and it was night and day for her. Night and day. Night and day. So if it was a five the first show. It was a nine the second show for her. So if you're ever running a show, you gotta you have to introduce the host of the show. You have to introduce the host because people don't, people need to know like okay, time for us to stop talking. This is where the show starts. Everybody sit for it. Let's pay attention. Stop talking. Put the phone down, and it's showtime. And it's like you paid money to be there. Don't you want to pay attention? But yeah, just. I hate that kind of stuff, man. When when uh, when a comic just doesn't get a fair shake on stage because something like that, and I'm not blaming anybody. It's just a lack of experience sometimes. Some this, the sound guys were pretty new, and if you like at a music venue, if they're not used to, uh, if the staff isn't used to doing the comedy thing, it, it's it can be it can be a little different. I don't think musicians need as much as comics do, and and in certain regards, and vice versa. I feel like the sound on this thing might be kind of weird. But uh, but people might go, why would you bring up the fact that she didn't have a good set? It made me mad because they didn't announce it, that the show was starting. That's why I brought it up. You always want to give all the comics a great, I mean, a, a fair opportunity to do very, very well. Um, so we do that show. And uh, you know what? I go, we do both shows. 
that's over. And I go, man, I don't want to drive back all the way to Charlottesville, almost two hours to drive back up here the next day uh, and then drive back home. So I end up staying at my boy TJ's house uh, in, in Maryland, Chevy Chase. And if you listen to my podcast for a while, TJ's my dude. I don't remember. Yeah, I used to stay with him a lot. I used to tell you guys about it all the time. Uh, he lived in Fairfax, but now he, he's moved. But anyway, it had been a while since him and I had like really kicked it like that because he had a girlfriend. He moved in, but now he's got his own place again. And uh, it was like old times. Uh, after the show, I go to his crib. He shows up. He had a show. We order some food. We smoke. And we just have a great time laughing about old times, laughing about how the shows went. Um, and uh, I'm not a big wrestling guy at all. Not in the least bit. And he goes, hey, man, you got to watch this SummerSlam 22 main event. I go, fuck it. We high as shit. Why not? Let's have some fun, man. Let's just watch some fucking wrestling. And I watched Roman Reigns fight. Um, is it country, country boy Brock Lesnar? I don't know what his name is, but Brock Lesnar, whatever his character is now. But it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, Brock Lesnar had like a he brought he brought a tractor out where it had a front loader on it. Uh, at one point, Roman Reigns ends up in the front end of it. He gets dumped out on the on the um in the ring. The the ring gets lifted up on one side and almost gets tipped over. It's just they're jumping off the top ropes. It's just there. It's insanity. And I gotta say, what I really like about the rest of the thing is how into it the people are. It is fascinating to watch how grown men are just so enthralled and then caught up in this fake ass wrestling. But I gotta say, man. Those dudes put on a goddamn show. I mean, these these guys are NFL-sized players. NFL-sized guys. And in some cases, bigger. I mean, we're, we're talking six, eight, over 300 pounds, close to 400 pounds, some of these dudes. They're doing flips. They're, they're jumping off the rope. They're taking dives. I mean, they're doing all type of crazy shit. I mean, people are picking them up. They're spinning. I mean, and for nobody to, to get hurt, uh, seriously, every single time, it's amazing, man. Uh, I, I, I got to say, because I, I shit on wrestling a lot. It's not my cup of tea, but I have to say, those guys and gals are 100% athletes. They deserve a lot of respect. And you got to they make a shit ton of money. They, they pack out those stadiums. They pack out venues. I mean, everywhere they go is sold out. And uh, I can't, it might not be my cup of tea, but I, I can't shit on it anymore, man, because it's a hell of a show, man. It's a hell of a show. Uh, you can tell they take that shit very seriously. And the people who watch it take that shit very seriously. And that's why it is the product that it is. And people love it. And I will say, I won't shit on it anymore. Not my thing, but I definitely won't shit on it anymore. I had a great time. And uh, so, yeah, man, we just had fun watching wrestling, listening to music, laughing just like old times. And uh, get up Sunday. We kick it, order some food, watch some uh, Premier League soccer. That's back. Welcome back to professional soccer. I'm excited. Uh, I love Premier League. So we watched a few matches. Uh, end up going to Frederick, Maryland for the show at Cellar Door, ran by my man Ryan Nezer. Good show, packed out show. My buddy um, Martin Phillips was on the show. Um, I did about 40 minutes, 
guess what? Not my best set. I tried a bunch of new stuff. Uh, I felt a little disjointed, and I, I, you know what? I figured it out. I figured out what it was. I need to eat before sets, uh, especially now that I'm doing longer sets. I have to eat, man. I need my brain <clears throat> to be fully functional with protein in it and everything, just ready to, ready to rock. Now, a short set, we're talking maybe 10, 15 minutes. I can do that hungry, but 25, 30, 40, I, I need to eat. And uh, it just, my, my brain is just, it just doesn't work as fast. It doesn't work as fast. Uh, I, uh, I dropped the ball a couple of times, but uh, there are some rough patches in there, but Hey, you know what? That's what happens when you try new stuff. Overall, I had a fun time. I felt like I had a good set. Uh, it's not what I want. Cause I, I wanted to really like let people know, like this motherfucker is 100% the headliner. I had a fun set, but I definitely, I, I didn't feel like I separated myself. Like this guy, 100% was supposed to be going last. Uh, but again, I tried a bunch of new stuff. I had a lot of fun. And uh, I learned you have to fucking eat, Chris. You got to eat before these long sets. People aren't going to get the best out of you. So make sure you guys follow me on all things social media at Chris Allen Comedy. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, like me on, uh, I have a new Facebook page. This is Chris Allen. Please go like that soon. Soon as possible, man. I need to uh, drink some water here. I'm dying, but uh, yeah, go like my uh, Chris Allen comedy page on uh, Facebook and follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to the YouTube page, and uh, I'll be in Tampa Bay. Did I say Tampa Bay? I'm in Tampa this weekend with some friends. I'm going to a friend's bachelor party, and I'll be doing some shows at Side Splitters on Sunday. Those are unfortunately uh, sold out. To what capacity I'm on these shows? I couldn't tell if I'm doing five minutes, seven minutes, have no idea. But it's a uh, it's a star-studded lineup of a bunch of comics that you know that are way more famous than me. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be like me, Mark, uh, Joe List, and a bunch of other people uh, who I can't really say who they are because I don't want to spoil it for people, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, St. Louis Helium, I'm coming in a couple of weeks. Get your tickets for that. And uh, I'm out. Peace.